You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. From my family to yours, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And one of the big debates among Christmas is whether you are a live tree person or an artificial tree person. And what I want you to do is let us know in the chat because it's kind of a big debate. Like, do you like the live tree or an artificial tree? And each has its own benefits. I mean, the artificial tree is you basically take it out, you unpack it, you plug and play. There's no sap. There's no maintenance. However, a real tree is all about the smell and all about the look. It looks authentic, but... You have to water it. And then when Christmas is over, you have to dispose of it. And you just might get some bugs or critters along with it. A lady in Australia got home only to find out that a koala bear was in her Christmas tree. If an artificial tree person marries a real tree person, that first Christmas includes some extra negotiations for sure. The point of a Christmas tree is to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. He is the hope to conquer the evil of our sin. And even how a Christmas tree looks is intended to remind us all about Jesus. That the star on the top is intended to remind us of the Christmas star. The shape of the triangle reminds us of a father and the son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. The lights on the tree remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. All these things remind us of Jesus. And that's why we put lights on a tree. The gifts that we put under a tree remind us of Jesus' gift of himself to humanity and the gifts that the wise men gave him. And that's why we put gifts under a tree. It's why we give gifts to each other out of celebration of great joy at Christmas. Now, each tree, whether it's live or artificial, makes promises that it can't deliver. The real tree, it's real, but because it's cut off from the roots and the source of water and the source of land and soil and nutrients, it inevitably dries out and the life that it had that made it so attractive is gone. If you've ever seen one at the curbside that's completely dried out, it's not something you want in your house. On the other hand, the artificial tree is fake. There's never been life in it. So each one promises this great joyous thing, but in some ways, neither last. Today, I'm going to tell you about life. Life between two trees. In the beginning, when God created the world, when God created people, the scriptures tell us this. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life, that's going to be this one represented in white, the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that's going to be this tree over here. So in the middle of the garden, there are two trees. But it's not just in the fact that God created a garden, but when we think of the Garden of Eden, as you think of what that might have been like, and as the Bible describes it, I I want you to cast your mind back for a moment. What would it be like to be a human in the garden? To just be, that you remove all the tension of life. 
Your only job is to exist, to do the work that God would call you to do, to delight in the work that you do, to know God personally, to see God, to walk with him in the garden in the cool of the day and to hang out with the people that you love. What would it be like to be in that utopia, to be satisfied, to never have known fear, never have known pain, never have known pandemic, in fact, to not actually even know good because you have never known evil. All you've known is good. That is how life started for human beings in relationship with God, delighting in the garden of God in perfect relationship with him. And Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 17 tells us, God's instruction to the people, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this one, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, let's be honest. Most people feel pulled between good and evil on a daily basis, right? You wanna lose weight, but you also wanna eat the Christmas cookies too. You wanna be an upstanding person, but you kinda of wanna taste of the wild side as well. You wanna be in control of yourself and never flustered, but you taste the offenses of anger and bitterness and rage and slander and hate and malice or revenge. See, we don't really need to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil because we already know good and evil all too well. We live with this knowledge. In fact, you and I always have lived with this knowledge. And it happened because our ancestors made a fateful decision that has infected us with something far worse than COVID. Genesis chapter three, verse one, tells of the deception by the devil to the people. It says, now the serpent, this is representative of the devil, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Well, what happens? As you know the story, they went to the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. They took from the tree and they ate of the fruit and they found that it was good. But in doing so, their eyes were open. They discovered that they were naked for the first time they knew not only good, but their eyes were open to the other side that there could in fact be evil and they were ashamed in their nakedness. They tried to cover up with leaves which don't last and they hid from God in the garden. So what happens, of course, is they give in to temptation. Every person who's born since, because of those people's sin, every person who is their descendant have inherited the curse of knowing the difference between good and evil. I mean, you, you understand this. You know that there's certain parts of you that deserve to have coal in your stockings and yet you hope for presence under the tree. We know evil and we know good, but evil unfortunately has greater consequences than simply receiving a lump of coal in your stocking. And so what happens, they hide from God 
and God confronts them and they say that we know that we're naked. And he says, how do you know that you're naked? Have you eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And they said, yes, we ate of it. And God then had to explain to them what the consequences would be. In Genesis chapter three, verse 21 says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat. Why? Because they'll live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim, those are angels, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So here's the scope of eternity. Where life was simply the constant, we have two trees, the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And life was the constant until they took from the knowledge of good and evil, then death enters as a result of sin. Death is the interruption to life. Death enters the story as the villain. And now all sons of Adam and daughters of Eve are trapped under death's curse. One out of one people die. You can't escape it. And death has consequences. In fact, the skins of animals were used to clothe Adam and Eve. So the first sin, which was their sin by eating from the tree, resulted in the first deaths of creation. Deaths of the innocent. Animals that had nothing to do with their sin. And in the same way, your sin and my sin has consequences. So what happens to Adam and Eve? They're banished from the garden and all that you and I have known is one tree. See, the tell of humanity in our heart is that we desperately want the tree of life. We'll do anything to stay young. We'll do anything to, to have life. We'll do anything to experience real life and real living in this life. But all we know is the tree that brought death and we hate it. We hate the tree that brought death. We hate death. So what happens? Now humanity is stuck in this condition stuck in the consequence of sin, sinning themselves, not just what Adam and Eve did, but you and I have sinned as well. So we enter in the middle of history, the story of Christmas. Jesus coming as God to earth, the God man who came to break the power of sin and death and offer us eternal life. That through faith in Jesus, the curse of the tree of knowing good and knowing evil could be broken. And for the first time, we could taste the tree of life as something offered to us as a gift. I mean, no wonder the angels praised God's plan to restore what was broken. That's why God became flesh. That's why Christ was born in a manger. Luke 2 verse 13 tells us, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So Jesus enters humanity. He comes as the light of the world. The hope of heaven came to destroy death and bring life through his sacrifice 
on a tree. This tree that Jesus hung on is intended to cancel out the curse of that tree so that he could offer us through the cross, this tree, the tree of life. He's the light of the world. He's the hope of heaven. Just as the animals in the garden gave their lives to become coverings for the nakedness of Adam and Eve, so Jesus came to earth to become the sacrificial covering for you and for me. His covering removes for us the consequences of our sin when we put faith in him. So what did he do? He came to undo the curse of a tree on a tree. Now, so far today, we've looked backwards in the scope of history because these things happened before you and I were born. But our hope is to now look forward through Jesus and what he did on the cross. How can Jesus bring us to this tree of life from which people were banished? Now, John an actual disciple of Jesus, one of the 12, and likely his closest friend, records a vision of heaven in the end times. And we find this in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, beginning with verse one, it says this. John is retelling what this vision is about. He says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb, who's the lamb, the lamb is Jesus, who became the sacrificial lamb on the cross for you and me. So flowing from the throne of God and the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city and on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse, the curse that came through this tree. So the throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So for the person who in this life gives faith or belief to what Jesus did on the cross Long ago before you were born, to that person, he now gives eternal life in the future. Freedom from the curse and the right to the tree of life. See, your Christmas tree that you might have thought was just sentimental for the holidays is intended to remind you of the gift of the Christ child who hung on a tree, stretching out his arms and dying a horrible death but then being buried and conquering death and giving us the gift of life and relationship with God forever. The future tree of life does not need to be even lit in heaven because the Lord God will give us light, but only for the people who give faith to Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. See, some of you are clinging to an artificial tree a fake tree. Like, it might look for you like you're doing a lot of Christmas activity or you're trying to like work up a lot of Christmas spirit, but it lacks eternal life. Others of you are clinging to a temporary living tree and maybe there are things that give life for a little bit, but they just don't last. They're like that real tree that you get that dries out and gets put out by the curb for the trash to pick up. 
These are gifts that wear out or relationships that may disappoint or having a false hope that somehow you're just gonna make it to eternal life in the afterlife. Well, listen, those things wilt. They're like a dried out tree. And in doing so, you're actually missing what Christmas is all about. So at Christmas, we worship Jesus, God himself, this living Christ child who says, there is a curse upon the people I love, but I love them so much. I'm going to come from heaven to earth. I'm gonna lay aside the glory of heaven and come to the problematic place of earth. And I'm gonna sacrifice in a painful, horrible way so that life can be offered to people as they put their faith and trust in me as I undo the curse of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the curse of sin in your life and in mine. So just as light conquers darkness, Jesus conquered death and gives us the right to eat of the tree of life and to live forever beyond death in heaven. That vision from John in heaven continues in Revelation 21, verse three. John says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Who's seated on the throne? That's Jesus who died on the cross, raised to new life, ascended to heaven, is given all authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth, the name above all names, the king of all kings. He is seated on the throne and he says, I am making everything new. What's he saying? I'm restoring everything that the curse has taken. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Well, this moment, right now, you're faced with the decision of your life between two trees. To die with only the knowledge and the firsthand experience of some good and a lot of evil, or to give faith to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross to cover you from being condemned in your sin and you come to life in this life and into eternity. You must believe and receive his gift. You must choose. To not choose Jesus is to deny the gift that he's offering you through the cross. Well, how do you do that? You give him the gift of your faith. You give him the gift of your belief. You offer him your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, right where you are, just pray a prayer like this after me. Just say, Jesus, today, I want you to remove the curse of sin in my life and the consequences of death. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin to cleanse me by what you did on the cross, to make me a new creation. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried and you rose to new life and that you're God. And I ask you today to make me a new creation. Wash me as white as Christmas snow. Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And if you prayed that prayer right now, you have become a new creation. You have access through the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus to life, eternal life. And it's a beautiful thing. You can rejoice this 
night becomes a normal night for you became a holy night when Jesus was born. And in the same way, a normal time for you, a normal day for you can become a truly holy day for you when you receive the gift of life through Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world who arrived on earth. And now we know why he came to sacrifice his life because God was looking at eternity between two trees. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.